Machute Mate recognizes the traditional owners of the land on which we are recording. We pay our respects to their elders, past and present, and any indigenous elders of other communities who may be listening today. We stand in solidarity in their struggle towards the colonization and land back. Buena mi gente, Machete Mate here with our weekly trot through current events in Latin America. I'm Leroy down here in Australia with the homies T. T, say hello. What's up? How's it going? And then, of course, Austin, the homie. Hey, what's up? Back at it again. Back at it again. Um, yeah, so as usual, a lot happened in the region. Everything constantly changing by the minute with its infinite contradictions. Uh, members of Brazil's landless workers movement were violently evicted from land they had occupied and cultivated for years. Health workers in Peru were met with water cannons as they demanded better work conditions amid a second COVID wave. And the U.S. mission to the OAS has, let's say, um, showed a renewed interest in Nicaragua. <laughs> of course. Oh, of course. Um, that, that fucking dickhead, though, man. Um, but today we're going to be focusing on a uh, few things. So we're just going to recap on our story about Puerto Rico from last week. We're going to, again, um, touch on everything that's going on in, in Bolivia and we'll, um, depending on time, we'll wrap it up or we might continue. But the, but our last confirmed story we're going to cover today is just typical Bolsonaro fascist fucking Looney Tunes shenanigans. Um, yeah, so just we'll just get into it just for the sake of time. Um, as we spoke about in last week's episode, this past Sunday, primaries were held in Puerto Rico to determine the gubernatorial candidates for the two major parties. So the pro-statehood PMP and the pro-status quo pro Free Association PPD. In typical colonial fashion, however, the process wrought with unpreparedness and incompetence, deliberate or otherwise, has been a fucking disaster. With polling places <laughs> not receiving ballots, questionable calibration of machines, creating long lines, and utter confusion with top officials in both parties, many of whom were actually responsible for the electoral reform, um, the, the design process of this fucking process Putting figures in every direction with no accountability. Fellas, Puerto Rico. Fuck. That's all I got to say. Fuck. Yeah. Um, we touched a little, we touched upon this a little bit uh, before we went live, but this was not even like this epic clusterfuck wasn't even like people had predicted that this was going to happen, right? And I know Juan Del Mao, the independence candidate for governor, literally was tweeting, "Hey, I was, was I was on the electoral commission for the PIP or whatever the fuck. It we knew this shit was going to be a complete fucking disaster." Um and I think yeah, they said that a couple months ago at least. Uh, I mean, he's claiming that they had been warning the commission for for a few months now that shit was was fucked up and bullshit like it, yeah. it was not going to work yeah yeah and here's the bottom line with all of this shit to me this is democracy <laughs> under <laughs> a colony right it's a complete joke it's complete farce it's not taken seriously at all right 
it just completely collapses and nobody in the United States bats an eye really, right? It's just, <laughs> it's just, oh yeah, Puerto Rico can't even tie its shoes, right? Just another thing to add to the narrative of, oh, it's uniquely corrupt. Everybody's fucking stupid, right? They don't, they're so incompetent, <laughs> right? They just don't know how to hold even, even a fucking election. Yeah. And like, we were just talking about this literally just before we went on air, like, I'm fucking embarrassed that I didn't foresee this, right? Because, like, we tried to give a good analysis. Oh, man, the, the, the politicians are going to win and it's going to finish on this and blah, 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 blah. Not even taking into consideration the clusterfuck that was, like, mounting. Like, we could have seen this a mile away. Like, the head of the Electoral Commission hadn't had a meeting with his little, like, unit for months. There was no, like, practice run of, like, delivering ballots and everything. And that's the thing, just, just quickly, just to explain exactly what happened. Um, comes the election day, the election morning, people already lined up all across the island. There's 110 polling places. Ballots hadn't shown up. They showed up late. There was trucks full of ballots parked that were being found like in random spots. After the fact, like briefcases of ballots were being found randomly and shit. Um, some places had to close early or open late. And that's what we're talking about here. So a lot of the places never received the ballots. So they, they just shut and went home. All of the volunteers went home, even even though the people who are going to vote just continue to wait in line. And remember, in the middle of a fucking global pandemic, they still wait in line to try to vote. Then you had to go home. So a bunch of had to close, a bunch of had to close early. Um, and yeah, and that's where we fucking are. There was, there was, uh, I read in, I think it was Clary Dodd, that there were some polling places that didn't open until two in the afternoon. Yeah, yeah. Because so, everyone's, everyone's waiting around, waiting for the ballots, yeah. Right, right. So, you know, it's funny. We talk about, uh, you know, malicious voter suppression, right? We talk about that a lot, especially in the United States. Classic. Um, however, something that we really don't talk enough about, maybe we are now in the United States a little bit more with this uh, post, po uh, post office situation, uh, but malicious voter or not malicious excuse me incompetent voter suppression the sheer incompetence of the state of of the authorities to even conduct the show of a democracy like yep. it's hard. obviously puerto rico by definition as a colony is not a democracy by definition right but the fact that they can't even bring themselves to to perform the the kabuki show is is incredible yeah. what's funny too is that the it's hard to, it's it we can't even or at least i can't even tell if that electoral commissioner whose name escapes me the uh the guy that they're all trying to fucking uh throw under the bus uh, uh juana neto davila i think it is right right yes that's right right i can't even tell if he was there like if it was one of those things where Oh, the the conservatives put someone in there to intentionally fuck it up. It seems like they're just that incompetent. Like it wasn't necessarily malicious stupidity. It was just it, they're just fucking dumb and couldn't do even a basic job. On on that note, I have to say, like, because I'm cynical or pessimistic, I believe it's intentional <laughs> incompetence. They knew exactly what they were doing. They put this guy in last minute. They chose not to practice anything just so on the day goes oh was bumbling blah 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 all this was by design but then that gets to the question though like is wh who wins though nobody wins the statehooders don't win 
the status quo people don't win. Everybody looks like a fucking joke right now. To me, um, I think it. I think I, I agree with you, Leroy, that it looks like uh, intentional incompetence, so to speak. And to what I would say about who wins, I would say, first of all, we, we've got to say that we've said every single time we talk about this, and it's true, the PNP, the State of Party, is a criminal organization. That's Absolutely. not hyperbole. They are a criminal or- – like if you live on the island, you know, oh, okay, yeah, these motherfuckers are a criminal organization. Um, and I think with that said, their mindset is – Oh, okay, well, two, we get two positives out of this. One, we get to, uh, uh, I don't know, if our, if our candidate, I mean, granted, I don't even know if they have a candidate between Wanda and Pierre Luisi, but whatever, if our candidate isn't uh, available to win, whatever, we can fuck up the numbers. You know, just general election uh, of voter suppression, right? And number two, oh, yeah, we get to reinforce this narrative of, once again, Puerto Rico can't tie its shoes. You see, we just can't be independent, right? We can't do this shit. We need the United States, right? Because what else is the truth about the PN, the State of Party, which is a criminal organization? That I would say a lot of them know statehood is never going to happen, right? If they keep territorial status, ah, fuck it. The grift keeps going, right? The grift never ends. They can dangle the fucking carrot in front of people's faces until in, in, into perpetuity. Yeah, so with all that said, like, the result of what happened was as soon as the polls closed, like, all the candidates actually went to the Supreme Court and, like, sued for the, for the ballots to be released and all, to reschedule and all that shit. So what the Supreme Court decided was basically that last Sunday was essentially a timeout. So <laughs> they gave them a week, they gave them a few days to get all their shit together and blah, 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 and they're going to restart the process tomorrow, um, local time. So basically, if... For all the polling places that already um, finished, which is which is to be fair, is most of them. Out of the 110, I think 60 of them were are done and dusted. The other 50, the, which happen to be the poorer areas, the more rural areas, they'll get not necessarily a do-over, but a all right time in as this continue the process. Um, Eduardo Batia, so one of the candidates for the PPD party, sued to have the numbers released, and they haven't released the numbers. So no one knows who's in the lead or where we're at or anything. Only thing that we know is that basically the process is going to pick up where it left off tomorrow. Real quick, because I know we don't want to spend too much time on the story, since once again, if anybody is craving our deep dives on Puerto Rican politics, just listen to previous current events episodes. We talk about it. Right. But just, let's think back. Avo got overthrown because what? There's like a couple hours delay in voter <laughs> vote results. Yes. This is a fucking week, man. A week, and they don't have the fucking totals, right? Yeah. They haven't been fucking voted, right? If this literally happened, and this is coup shit, coup worthy shit by from that the the OAS would view it as, right? Exactly. This is literally the ruling party, right? For fuck's sake. But at the end of the day, Puerto Rico is a colony, so it's not like this affects U.S. in any way. Now, at the end of the, the, end of the day, none of this fucking matters anyway, because La Junta runs the show anyway. This is right. all, like, T, like you said, it's fucking kabuki theater just for the sake of, like, the the pageantry of democracy, whatever the fuck. Because at the end, it doesn't matter who's in, in power, La Junta is going to get in there. Even if Juan Dalmau of the Independence Party gets in there, he might make a little bit of a dent. But at the end of the day, under its territorial status, under its colonial status, I should say, it's all fucking, it's all, it's all a fucking show. It's all, it's, it's all bullshit. It's all bullshit. I don't know. 
I mean, it's as, it's as ridiculous, it's as fake as the referendums that happen every couple of years that are never recognized by the United States government that everybody pretends matters like so much uh, when they're about to happen. But then after the votes are taken, you know, nobody believes in it. No one agrees with it. And we just keep on going because it's it's just a fucking circle. We're circling down the fucking toilet drain. That's what this is. We're fucking circling down the toilet drain going to who knows where. Yeah. And on that note, and going back to the junta, these elections, these primaries cost fucking money that Puerto Rico doesn't fucking have. So the original one cost $1.2 million to run. The do-over is going to cost another $1.2 million that Puerto Rico does not fucking have. That money that's not being used for, for coronavirus, um, PPE and all that shit. Um, it's, it's, I like, I don't even, I don't even know. Like, and this, and I'm glad you mentioned that because this is what brought me to the conclusion of uh, this is just to reinforce the narrative of Puerto Rico doesn't know what the fuck it's doing and has an incompetent, corrupt government. Um, when I saw the junta either tweet out or put out a statement saying some shit along the lines of, okay, yes, we'll offer, authorize the usage of funds, but they have to be used efficiently. They yeah. have to be used efficiently, which here's the thing. This is that um, this just drives home that uh, – that uh that uh what's the word i'm looking for that i don't know that self-hating mentality for puerto ricans right for the average puerto rican to look at shit like that and be like oh well they're right you know we right. could we couldn't do it right the the puerto rican officials couldn't make it happen right so i guess we suck but, of course, exactly but like you said leroy i agree i think that's just by design fuck the statehood party those are my fuck final thoughts party. and Tomorrow, Batia is still going to win, and I still think Juan is going to win. Those are my final thoughts on that whole fucking fiasco. Wait, you say Wanda or Juan? Wanda. Uh, I was going to say, because if, if Juan Dalmau wins, that'd be <laughs> huge. We're getting him on the show ASAP after that. Yeah, you already know. Anyway, um, uh, we'll just move on to Bolivia, where, as we've seen, shit is getting real. And is increasingly nearing a critical explosion point between largely indigenous pro-democracy social and labor groups and right-wing crystal fascist paramilitary groups as the golpista government is seemingly losing its footing. So a lot to unpack there, a lot of layers to fold back because a lot of shit has gone down. Um, T, you want to you wanna take it away and start from there? Yeah, sure. So as we discussed on the last episode, the general strike had begun the blockades had grown. The There were threats from the interior minister. Now, this week, we've seen only increased repression by not just state security forces, but also fascist organizations that operate within Bolivia. Bolivia has very classically fascist organizations. They got the goofy flags, they got the stupid uniforms, and they got the pension for <laughs> senseless violence, right? Um, and that's what it is. You know, fascism is a it combines a kind of imagine I get imagine LARPers with real swords. That's what it is. And it sounds funny at first until you're on the other end of it. Right. So we've seen images of, of this kind of violent attacks back and forth. Now. The threats, though seem to not have worked, which is, again, not a surprise. If you are familiar at all with even just the recent history of Bolivia, these blockades work. They've brought down governments before. I've said these exact 
towards a co- you know over and over again in the last couple of episodes. Now there was also uh, word that protesters were going to descend on cities. There were some blockades that lifted and then came back, and it's been very seesaw. But the fact of the matter is, is that the uh, labor unions and the indigenous organizations held strong. Now, what this has led to, though, is the the government basically declared, I believe it was the Supreme Court, I could be mistaken there, uh, has decided and basically mandated that October 18th will be the election day. Now, the unions and the indigenous organizations do not accept that. They don't want this. However, uh, new news came out today that a lot of them are going to uh, either lift the blockades or kind of change their character a bit until the 18th, at least the official organizations, the official radical organizations that exist in Bolivia versus now they don't control everything, neither the Moss party, the uh, labor unions, they don't, they don't control the social movements entirely. They're very influential and important, but other groups are you know, essentially saying that, fuck this, we're holding the blockades till Inez goes. Again, this is an example of the evolution of the demands moving away from simply demanding a early election to the end of the coup regime. Okay, so a lot of shit has been happening, but here's how I understand the events to have happened so far. The Inez government worked out a deal with some of the opposition sectors to essentially strike what some would view as a compromise, right? Which is, okay, we are, but we are also, but we are also pledging that there will be no more delays. That there, that the elections will happen in October, no more delays. We are postponing it now, but no more delays, no exceptions, nothing, no more delays. And that was kind of the compromise that was striked upon and is why some of the big confederations like the Bolivian Workers' Center, the COB, right, um, COB, um, why they uh, came out and said, okay, we're going to start softening some of the rhetoric, blah, blah, blah. And we're, what we want is peace. We don't want any more, uh, any more dead Bolivians, right? We don't want shit like that to happen. But – as you mentioned, T, a lot of local groups and some of the different local unions and shit like that in some of the different cities, they have said, well, no, fuck this. We are not stopping until the Inez, until the, Gu, the coup government resigns, right? Now, this is where I'm going to once again be, I don't know, the pessimistic one here when it comes to this story, which is <laughs> I'm I, with go, you, I go back to what I said, I don't know, was it last week or was it the first time we, we covered this story? Which is, they're going to have elections in October, right? Mark my words. I bet the house on it. Every single poll going into that election, it's going to be right on the edge, right? Oh, Arce, oh, he's 10 points. Oh, I think they're going to do it. They're going to get the 10 points. They're going to fall just short, right? They're going to fall just short. So that way it's a one-on-one between Moss, and whichever coup goalpista motherfucker wins their primary, right? That's to me, that's what this first election is. That's the goalpista primary, right? Who the fuck's gonna be the one that runs one on one against Moss? And when they have that one on one election, 
they're going to fucking rig it. They're going to fucking rig it. Do you honestly think La Media Luna, who tried to fucking secede from Bolivia, now that they're back in power, they're going to be like, oh, okay, you know, let's have an election. Fuck no. They will do whatever the fuck to make sure that the MAS does not come back to power. Yeah, exactly. And another thing to keep in mind as well, Agnes, as fascist, as right wing as we think she is, even among some of those LARPing, like paramilitary fascist motherfuckers, she's not fascist enough. She's inefficient in their eyes. So she's so the coup government that's actually in power now is even like on this uneven footing, like they're losing power. So 100 percent Austin is going to come down between uh, mass and the far right fringe sort of groups, I reckon, because as we see it now, I think in the polls, Mas is still killing it. But as we're closer and closer and closer, like you said, guarantee it, it's going to get closer and closer in the polls until, whoop, look, look, look what happened on accident. You know what I mean? But um, we'll, we'll see. I, you know, I guess normally I'm the somewhat optimistic one among the three of us, but I, I agree with you here, both y'all, honestly. I don't think the right wing is going to allow a free election, clearly. The only thing that gives me that I think it gives an advantage to the the left and the unions and indigenous organizations is the fact that the right wing is so divided, not just at the elite level. Uh, so, you know, you have Fernando Camacho coming out and just constantly ranting against Inez. Um, he's an important far right leader there. That's the only positive if the the social forces seem up until honestly till today, till that deal was worked out, were much, much more unified than the conservative and reactionary forces. That being said, that doesn't mean that the conservatives and reactionaries can't put their differences aside if they feel like they have even a remote chance of losing power back to Moss or, God forbid, even the more radical organizations. Which is why, to follow up on that point, which is why I think that first election is so crucial, right? Which is why I think if it was go, if it was the, what are they doing? It's sometime in October. Um, I, which is why I think if they had a fair election, Moss would win. They'd get the 10 points required and they would win outright, which is why they're going to fucking rig it. And you're going to see Moss, oh, they just missed it. So now this is why I call it the gold piece to primary. Because just like you were saying, T, there's divisions in the far right. But if they can beat – if they can stop Moss from getting that 10 points, problem solved. They know who the fuck they're not voting for, right? Because then it will go to that runoff between Arce and whoever the fuck is the far right uh, person that gets the most votes, right? And it will be one-on-one. And when it's one-on-one, I just do not trust the right-wing Bolivian establishment to lose the opportunity – to to uh, to hold on to power. Yeah, just just um, real quick before we move on. Um, just to your point T about the division in the right wing and if they can put the difference aside. What is the one unifying force? The fucking United States, the fucking international fucking community, mm-hmm. let's say. Because any divisions, if we get to to that one on one and like they see the right wing candidates faltering, they're gonna come in. There's gonna be you know. Oh, fucking corruption from the left-wing parties, Moss is doing this shit and blah, blah. It's We see it all across Latin America, all across the third world and everything, man. 
and and you know real quick we are seeing that already their story yeah. right now the blockades are preventing uh important uh coronavirus relief from happening which is total it's it's amazing it's amazing but we're already seeing that line that was the ostensible reason for the first or for this most recent postponement real quick i'm so happy you brought that up because my brain almost exploded during the week and i was tweeting a whole bunch of foul shit from the account because of this <laughs> Roy, reuters and u.s media have been latching on to the story of oh it's the evil supporters the moss supporters that are blockading roads and impeding you know important coronas coronavirus medicine to people and they're exacerbating the pandemic and blah 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 which it's amazing how ass backwards that is shameless absolutely because literally this week the moss members of the bolivian congress literally fought the coup government to get more coronavirus aid to poor bolivians more aid did reuters talk about that did u.s media talk about that fuck no they completely they turned it on its head and on that fucking point the only reason it got passed was because Anya's held it fucking hostage because it's going to be funded by loans from the IMF, from the World Bank. Goes, I'm going to give you this money uh... only if it comes from these motherfuckers. And at the end of the day, there's a massive, there are massive um, corona crisis in Bolivia. But who are the most affected? The indigenous people, the poor people out in the middle of nowhere, out in the countryside of Bolivia, in an alto. Not the right-wing supporters. It's the indigenous people who would normally be supporting MAS. And the the people who these right-wing factions would be happy to just genocide away. So all this shit is just pearl-clutching. It's just fucking bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. And uh, Sorry for yelling. Somehow... I- Somehow Inez is the the nationalist, right? She, yeah. you know, even though she wants to sell out the country to the IMF yet again, as if we haven't. This 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 script is old. We've seen this fucking movie for how many decades now? Really? Mm. The fucking IMF? Really? Yeah. So so real quick on the story. Um, I think uh, what's it called? Like this has been a fucking case study. This whole coup experiment experience has been a case study in u.s media disinformation right like i think back to the, just the beginning right when oh you see the amazon's on fire it's fucking avo's fault man D- hey did you hear some of the indigenous people they don't like him either right this is bullshit fuck avo right and how that has snowballed into oh well it wasn't a coup no you see there was protest it's not a coup no don't use that word coup to me this is what we have seen the 21st century coup, right? They tried all that Allende shit on Venezuela. It didn't work. Make the economy scream, right? So what are they doing now? Let's get the liberals on board, right? Let's put out all this bullshit propaganda about oh, the poor Bolivians, man. They're not giving them coronavirus aid. It's those fucking MAS supporters, right? Let's get the liberals. Let's get dumbass people in the United States to buy on so that way we can get all these bullshit ass international NGOs involved and fuck exactly. Bolivia up. Right. And sink our fucking claws deep into that motherfucker. But, um, yeah, that's it, it's amazing how ass backwards the, the reporting has been regarding coronavirus in Bolivia. Yeah. And as well, we're talking about this now, but by the time we finish this in half an hour, everything will be changed. It'll probably be like six coups and shit like this. This shit changes by the minute. So we'll obviously be, uh, we'll stay on top of it and, and like um, inform everybody. But this shit is just constantly changing. But anyway. Uh, this next story was brought to our attention by a friend of the show, Will. Shout out to Will. 
local of Richmond. Yeah, he's he's y'all's mate from from Richmond. Yeah, William. Yeah, shout out William. Go, William. Yeah, shout out, bro. Um, in typical Bolsonarian fascist fashion, back in May, the despicable president of Brazil, in reaction to not getting his way and having to preside within laws, decided to initiate a military coup by taking the Supreme Federal Court of Brazil until he was talked down by senior officials. So this motherfucker was kicking, screaming, kicking sand, you know, pouting, stomping, whatever, because he wasn't getting his way because he was constrained by laws. Decided, yep. So um, you know what? I'm just gonna send people to the Supreme Court and take that shit over. When his general was like, um, maybe, maybe don't, don't do that, please. Don't, maybe don't fucking do that shit. Yeah, it's amazing. The story's hilarious. Like Bolsonaro, of course, is a dumb motherfucker. We all knew this. Um, but this just continues to confirm that how brazen his uh his 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 militarism right is his 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 fucking uh his uh uh nostalgia for the dictatorship is right like what the fuck and like to anybody like just like you said he was planning essentially an auto golpe right a self-coup right to a certain extent to literally send the military to supreme court Right. And he says consistently in that article, it talks about how Bolsonaro holds this view of, ah, uh, well, the military's role in society is as an arbiter between the powers. Right. When one when one branch of powers is getting out of control, it's the military that has to step in and and then set things straight, which, of course, in this context, the Supreme Court fucking with him is, oh, it's egregious. It's outrageous. When the Supreme Court was fucking with P.T., and oh, yeah. ruling that Dilma was a motherfucker and had to go to and had to get impeached and how Lula was a piece of shit and had to go to jail. Oh, well, that was all fine and good. Right. You know, as long as you're fucking up the left, ah, it's all good. We can keep doing it. But as soon as the Supreme Court, which at this point, I would argue, is just trying to save face from looking yeah. like complete partisan assholes. Absolutely. Um, shout out Glenn Greenwald for helping destroy the bullshit reputation of Sergio Moro, who's a piece of shit. Um, the Lava Jato motherfucker. Um, yeah. Which we could do a whole deep dive on how much horseshit Lava Jato was. Yeah. Um, or there's is a, there's a Netflix documentary? Check it out. Yeah, yeah there is. That's, what is it called? The End of Democracy or some shit like that. Some shit like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and to anybody who hears this and goes, "Oh man, you know that's kind of crazy. Could he actually have pulled it off?" Absolutely. If anything, I'm surprised it didn't happen. Like just um. To, to any modern examples, I'm I'm sure there's a more recent one in Latin America. I'm not thinking of, but I think of Fujimori, right? He did a self-coup in the fucking 90s when he literally shut down the parliament, established a Peruvian dictatorship, and the West cheered. So that wouldn't even shock me at all, you know? Uh, I mean, this is not a Latin American example, but Boris Yeltsin shelled the parliament in the 90s in Russia when it looked like uh, when there was, you know, internal conflicts there. So, I mean, it's not it, – this is not unknown in the world. And And literally just last year, El Salvador, right? Bukele, yeah. who brought uh, now, I wouldn't say he went the full. It was worried that he was going to go the full nines and like shut down the Congress, but he did literally bring the military to Congress, say, "Hey, fuck you, motherfuckers!" Pass my whatever bullshit bill that was being discussed at the time. Um, so this shit, you know, this shit does happen, and it's uh, <laughs> it's an amazing story. And who, who the fuck and, knows what's going to happen with Brazil, man? And what's so wild to me, all these examples of these auto coups are all they're all of them, all of them. All of them are in the, for the sake of democracy, to defend democracy. Like, <laughs> right. our, my authority as president is being, you know, trampled upon by the by this other branch. I need I need to step in and keep democracy, whatever the fuck. You know what I mean? And um, just we and I think we need to really reinforce the idea that 
the 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 concept that Bolsonaro is was part of that old military dictatorship. And Austin, you said it best. It's a nostalgia to return to that. You know that whole make America great again? Well, this is make Brazil great again. And by great again is returning to that time where the entire black population, indigenous populations, that were fucking like uh, you, I mean, like words words escape me. Words escape me. Real quick, if I recall correctly, when Bolsonaro cast his vote uh, to uh, when they were getting, you know, getting rid of Dilma, I think I believe he announced that he was doing it in honor of the people who tortured her uh, during the military dictatorship. Yeah. Just want to throw I, I, that out there. Yeah, I, 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 I think you're right, because, again, Dilma, even though later on she became this sort of like neoliberal kind of adjacent person, she was involved in like revolutionary guerrilla shit like back in the day and was tortured by the military dictatorship but um yeah absolutely and we can't talk about Bolsonaro without talking about the fact that he was stabbed in the campaign trail <laughs> he's had corona six times he's been fucking like like pecked by emus and this motherfucker is still fucking alive i you know i find it interesting too though is that we're kind of seeing we, we've seen this kind of slow evolution of right-wing governments in latin america from even the like they it's it's almost like they don't have the nerve anymore. Now, I'm not I don't want to like I'm not trying to lessen the crimes that are currently going on or exist. But it's like you said, Austin, bringing up Fujimori, though, like Fujimori just went ahead and did it. But these new kind of autocrats don't seem like they have the balls, maybe. Here, here's my answer. Um, Go back to what we said about Bolivia. They are very consciously aware of, okay, we need public opinion on this, mm. right? We need to look like – they dodged that word coup like the fucking plague because they knew how much of a negative connotation it has. Even though by any definition of the word, that was a coup. Yeah. I, I was ready to bash my head to walls arguing with people over whether or not it was a coup. The whole country could be in the streets. If the military says to the president, hey, get the fuck out of here, that's a coup. <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> that's just the definition of it. No, that's an election. That's a democratic election. And I think <laughs> that's, right. I think that's, that's a big part of it. I think the generals who are in contract, contact with the U.S. generals, their bosses, right? I think they say <laughs> yeah, to them exactly. – I think they say to them, no, 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 we need to have a woke revolution, right? This needs – we need to have a woke coup, right? Ooh. We can't just do – we can't just do a backward like, oh, fucked up. Now the military's in power. We can't do that. We need Agnes, right? She's – girl power. She's a strong woman in presidency now, right? We need Guaido. Oh, he's a young – he's a young, smart man, right? It's that bullshit 21st century style coup, right? If anything, you know, Honduras kind of did it old school. Back in 2009, right? <laughs> yeah. Now, I guess maybe they had the Obama administration as cover at that time for people to get not as pissed about it. Maybe. I don't fucking know. But I think that, to me, that is why. That is what answers that question of why they aren't so brazen about it. Because they have burnt all their political capital, right, in doing brazen shit like that. Because people know. People know and they don't want that shit, right? So they have to, they have to cover it up with this bullshit, I don't know liberalism or whatever the fuck you want to call it no but um you touch on obama like and in brazil with bolsonaro this isn't like he came to power and now he's starting his whole shenanigans in brazil this whole right-wing shift has been coming in brazil right so starting back in 2003 2004 whenever um 
Lula came to power. All the neoliberal fucking North American United States fucking government were putting their fingers in there trying to influence the Supreme Court, the entire, you know, government apparatus in Brazil. And what ended up happening, they trumped up charges, they forced them, and the Supreme Court actually came out, or whoever it was, came out and said, yeah, like, pretty much the reason why we sent him to jail was to prevent him from winning the election. Because we need to remember that Lula was miles ahead. He's about to win the election, goes to prison, is ineligible, and all of a sudden, whoop, Bonaro, Bolsonaro takes it away. You see, this is why I say woke coup, right? They can't just do what they did to Lugo in Paraguay, you know, parliamentary coup, just, ah, fuck it, we're impeaching him now for nothing. No, they have to somehow create this bullshit narrative that they're doing it in the name of the people, right? That No, it's the Brazilian people. They want the PT out. It's the Bolivian people. They wanted Moss out. Hey, it's the Ecuadorian people, right? They don't fuck with Korea anymore. The Venezuelans, they love Guaido, right? They have to be. It's this post-Cold War color revolution bullshit, right? Of, hey, yeah, the people have demanded it, right? The people want democracy, right? Whatever the fuck, you know, US-style bullshit-ass democracy is. But it's this bullshit, uh, it, it's it's just, like you said, Leroy, it's this bullshit idea of let's get these trumped-up corruption charges and smear the fuck out of them, and oh, we're doing this in the name of the people. I would actually push back against that just slightly. I think every coup, even the, the 20th century ones, claimed that they were doing it in the name of the people and in the name of democracy. What is different, though, and what to your point about woke coups, is that they are worried about the kind of political pressure that people in the global north can put on their own governments against uh, these these Latin American right-wing, uh, you know, gobistas. They're afraid of something developing like the solidarity movements in the 80s, right? They're worried that there'll be demands to get funding cut from, you know, U.S. NGOs, as you mentioned. I think that's really where this woke coup thing is coming from, is the fear uh, on the part of all these interests from kind of like arousing the anger of people in the global north. Um, and also wavering the wavering middle classes that exist in these in these countries themselves. I was going to say on that point, I think that's true for, say, Venezuela, Ecuador, whatever. But with Brazil, I don't think that's necessarily the case because Bolsonaro came out from the when he was campaigning. I hate fucking black people. I wouldn't rape you because you're ugly. That bullshit. I don't think Brazil necessarily cares about appearances because Bolsonaro's come out. Yep. The U.S. I'll do whatever the fuck they tell me as long as I'm in power. I'll do a coup if I need to. Blah, 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 blah. But um, to your point, I think that is relevant to some of the um, the, the rest of Latin America. And real quick, I hate to lean on tropes here, um, but a lot of the quotes of Bolsonaro in that article, very Trumpian, right? Yes. Like, yes. what did, like, going on your point, Leroy, of, oh, they don't necessarily give a fuck about appearances or whatever. Bolsonaro is literally quoted in that article as saying, no, my people will like that they heard me say this shit. Mm. I'm confident that when my people hear the wild shit I said, they'll support it and they'll love it. Yeah. Um, yeah, because in that, in that article that we're talking about, he, the one of the generals ended up signing his name on a letter that Bolsonaro wrote, I think. And in it, he goes, yeah, all these motherfuckers and blah, 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 like swearing, all this shit. And um, when it got released, everyone around was, oh, should we, you know, try to take it down? He goes, no, 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 leave it, leave it out. I'm not even embarrassed. Like, they'll, they'll like me. They'll like when I, when, when I hear this shit. Again, Trumpian, man. That's 100%. Um, yeah. Um, before we get carried away with Brazil, we'll move on to Colombia, where talking about other incompetent dickhead fucking leaders um uribe is in the headlines so the former president of colombia 
current, uh, can we say current senator of Colombia? Um, he's under house arrest. Um, and yeah, there's a whole lot of shit going on with that. Uh, Austin, I'll let you take it away. So, where the fuck do I start? I could. <laughs> yeah. I know we could do hours on Colombia, hours on Uribe, right? Uribismo, whatever the fuck. The the patriotic poll. What the fuck are they calling themselves these days? The the center, whatever the fuck they. I don't know. The Democratic center, I think. There we go, Democratic. <laughs> what? That is that is an amazing name. Oh God, just all right. See you next time, guys. One. Just cut the show right there. Just yeah. And hey, man, don't forget the Democratic Center has both the Liberal Party and the Conservative Party in coalition. Oh, my God, who would have thought, right? Anyway, so Alvaro Uribe is, you know, they used to call him the 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 Ying Chavez's Yang back in the day, right? The far right president of Colombia back when Chavez was president of Valencia. Uribe, oh, my God. So Uribe is easily one of the filthiest, evilest most corrupt motherfuckers in Latin American politics. Uribe is such a negative influence on literally everything in South America. It's so hard to quantify just how bad he is. You know, yeah. Bolsonaro and Trump, you can look at a narrative of these guys being complete morons. Uribe's not a moron. Mm. He's pure evil. He yeah. knows exactly what the fuck he's doing. He is literally in bed with narcos. He is literally in bed with death squads, right? And this isn't part of why he's been put on house arrest, right? Because of the, him being in bed with some of the death squads in Colombia, right? And and some of the interpretation of this has been uh, it's uh, it's a classic case because the Colombian justice system obviously has some issues itself. But to anybody who's wondering how the fuck is what the fuck they're actually cracking down on him, this is an example of the cover up being worse than the crime, right? Uribe being so brazen with his bullshittery. You know, trying to cover up his uh, ties to the death squads that he has now fucked himself. Now, real quick, before I pass it off to you both, Uribe is – he's the kingmaker in Colombian politics. The current yeah. president of Colombia, Ivan Duque, is literally his appointed successor, right? This open – it's not even an open secret. It's just a fact, right? It's, it's an open puppet. Exactly. He's a puppet for Uribismo, right? Which is, uh, which once again, Uribe, who's the, the godfather of all the shit in, in Colombia. Uribe, and I'm getting on a tangent here, so I'll try and wrap this up. Uribe comes out of Medellin, right? To my narcos heads out here, that was where Escobar came from, right? The Medellin cartel. So Uribe literally gets his start as the head of like, uh, like the Colombian Aviation Administration, whatever the fuck that is. <laughs> and you know what that – you're laughing because oh, you know what that means. Because oh, you know what that means. He got his start running drugs for the cartels through the airports. That's literally how he became in bed with the cartels. And this, this is – Uribe is one of those characters that embodies U.S. policy toward Latin America, which is we will work with narcos – if it means killing leftist guerrillas, because Colombia for Colombia to fall to leftist guerrillas for Colombia to fall to leftist guerrillas is just too damaging for U.S. interests, no matter how corrupt and fucked up Uribe is. Yep. And one thing to keep in mind as well is Uribe's entire theme was you know, getting on the narc, you know, stopping the drug trade, stopping the narcos, you know, the fuck, these guerrillas, everything, all the issues in Colombia, according to Uribe, 
are because of FARC, because of these left-wing guerrillas, every single thing. Even just recently, fucking Pence came out, what, this morning, yesterday, oh, you know, we need to let this national hero of, uh, you know, American policy, whatever the fuck, the Congressional Medal of Honor winner, you know, as a, as a champion of, you know, anti-drug, whatever the fuck, to be able to be tried outside, because he's, he's on the house arrest. He, sh- he should be tried as a free man, and, we'll, you know, we'll all see. Because if I'm not mistaken, he's the same motherfucker who um, was in power during Plan Colombia, right? Who like spread the the war the quote unquote war on drugs to Colombia that exploded everything that basically started funding all the coups and shit against against Chavez. So it's 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 quite quite brazen and quite comical almost that this motherfucker it's been confirmed you he can't even hide it anymore that of all his ties to like narco trafficking and shit. Yet his entire thing was we need to stop narco trafficking and blah blah blah. But you know but we're the good guys and everything. Really, the unified theory of of Latin, of the political economy and how it of Latin America and how it wraps up with the United States and how it wraps up with anti-communism can be summed up in the drug war, right? Exactly. So we have basically we have narcos claiming that they're going to crack down on narcos, but what that crackdown actually means are death cults running around chopping people up. And when I say death cults, I'm being quite literal because these death squads, we've seen this in Mexico uh, as an example in recent years. These these death squads, after they basically take the badges off, after being part of the security service or officially part of the security services, they get into some really fucking weird shit, really fucking weird shit. But that weird shit usually involves selling drugs um, or running, you know, running drugs and chopping up peasants into pieces. And that's literal. Yeah. Like literally chopping up people. Yeah. So we, we're, so I would love for us to do a deep dive on the Colombian, what I like to call the Colombian civil war. Oh, we will at one point, because to anybody listening, who's not too familiar with this, there's literally a, a, a Marxist insurgency in Colombia has been literally since the 1960s. It's, it's essentially a protracted war. Exactly. I I call it the once again. I call it the Colombian Civil War. There's a couple of them. It's not just one. There's several <laughs> Marxist insurgencies. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Totally. And 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 what to anybody who watched Narcos, the crucial component that I don't know maybe they touched upon bullshittily with Carlos Leder only because it's a sexy story for him to have been a Nazi. You know that's just hilarious. But something they didn't touch upon enough is that when the cartels really started killing motherfuckers in Colombia. They were doing it as far-right paramilitaries. Uh, d- d- uh, death to kidnappers, their group, death to kidnappers. What do you think that meant? That meant we're killing the guerrillas who are attacking the cartels for being rich, exploitative motherfuckers. That's what death to kidnappers meant, right? And that's a crucial component that's not talked about. How Escobar was in Congress, right? They just talk about it like, oh, yeah, Escobar was in Congress. Isn't the Colombian government such a fucking joke? No, 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 motherfucker. It's deeper than that. He was associated and in bed with right-wing elements. Now, I know he was like a populist or whatever the fuck when he was in Congress. Yes, but he was in bed with those right-wing elements, right? Because the Colombian government is a goddamn narco dictatorship. It's just a fact. And this current scandal or whatever the fuck is court decision to put Ribe on house arrest has rocked Colombian politics, right? People, people are, are already making allegations that Duque stole his election against Petro and how the Duque government is rocked. Like it's amazing how in Colombian popular opinion, the Duque government has hit rock bottom after like soaring after the election and, oh, it's the second coming of Uribe and all this shit. 
And now the motherfucker has hit rock bottom with all the shit because Uribe is his benefactor, his godfather, right? And so I I will never have hope in Colombian electoral politics in particular. So it's impossible for me to look at this and think, oh, this is a fucking a real hit to what what are they called? Democratic Center? Is that what you said they were called? <laughs> this is a real blow to Democratic Center, right? Man, democracy. No democracy in Colombia, man. It's just I, I admire Gustavo Petro and Colombia Humana and obviously the FARC party. They, you know, give them hell, you fucks. Um, but there's no there's no way to fix Colombia through the electoral system because the United States and the Colombia Exactly. And Colombia, you know, the landowning elites, they're just too powerful. They're just too powerful and they will literally never relinquish power. You know, and, and once again, this is a whole this is a part of a whole another like interconnected web of bullshit that we could go over i mean that is why that there are several marxist insurgencies that still exist some of which are growing because of the hold that the narco state and the you know wealthy landowners still hold over that you know you know beleaguered country yeah it's it's super fucked up now i still think it's hilarious that uribe has been put on house arrest that's funny as shit now, if he goes to jail, like we all know, he's going to country club prison, right? Like, if you, if for anybody who did see Narcos, saw when Escobar literally built his own fucking prison, right? It'll be shit like that. What was the name uh, of it? El, El Palacio or some shit? Oh, the, the, it was named, oh, fuck. Because it was named after, it, it was, uh, Napoles, right? It was named after yeah. Naples, some shit like that. Ah, uh, I think so, yeah. He had the fucking, that, like, national was, team go there and shit, like. I thought that was his estate. I didn't think that. Okay, that, maybe I don't that think that's fucking. The, no, yeah, that's, sure you're right. That was, Napolis, I think, is his like private yeah. estate. Like, uh, not El Castillo, not some some fucking shit like that. I don't know. It's like the the, the fortress or some shit like that. Something that only an <laughs> asshole would come up with, basically. <laughs> but yeah, like, there's layers to this shit, and it's it's hilarious to see Uribe like ostensibly go down, but we'll we'll see what the fuck happens. Yeah, it's all quite incredible. And like and we can't belabor the point enough that Colombia is essentially a US client state where the fucking US says Colombia's gonna do they're gonna make sure even though the Democratic Center blah 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 has hit rock bottom, there's gonna be another even if it's not them, even if it's not Uribe or whatever, someone else is gonna come and fill that niche. It's never gonna it's it's never it's never gonna recover, it's not gonna be the quote unquote liberal democracy that we all want in Latin America. Um but yeah, with that said, um, with Latin America, we'll probably leave it there unless we want to touch on the Honduras story or not. No? Nah? Cool, cool. Um, yeah, it's all good. Um, so just quickly before we wrap up, what's going on in your neck of the woods, guys? Was it like flooding or some shit in Richmond I saw? Yeah, I mean, I was at work all day, so I didn't look into this uh, too much. Uh, just a friend of mine. Uh, texted me and showed me uh, some pictures of uh, uh, one of the highways is just co- was completely flooded. There apparently they had really bad rain uh, in the city today. Um, other than that, I mean, uh, some news story I caught from I saw you know, another friend. Uh, don't want to say their name, but shout out to a friend who who texted this talking about how. Uh, the Proud Boys uh, sh- oh, yeah. were shooting live rounds in Portland. Um, you know, again, much love to all the people 
and the comrades in Portland who are just in, they have been fucking laying it down for fucking months now. I mean, yeah. it's been, they're past 50 days straight of uh, resistance. It's really quite extraordinary. Just the bravest fucking people in, in really shitty conditions. Um, other than that, there's still, you know, the uprisings are, there are still demonstrations and there are still protests happening, but the really dramatic moments of the early first few weeks is kind of restricted to some major cities. Again, I don't want to discount uh, that there are still like marches and teachings and, you know, activity happening in in our own uh, town of Fredericksburg. There are daily marches still. Uh, the level of violence from our local police is not as intense as it was before, but it's still happening. So there was, you know, there's still some pretty intense struggles in Chicago as well. Yeah. And, you know, Richmond is, is you know, our the capital of our state, Virginia, is, is always kind of is it's, it's a kind of a wild place in terms of this sort of thing. Uh, but the biggest probably like what we're facing in the United States is pretty, pretty extraordinary. I mean, uh, we have what is it like a third of Americans uh, weren't able to pay either their mortgages or rents. There's what, 40 million unemployed the plague, the pandemic, COVID-19, is just ripping through our country. We, it, It's really a competition between the United States and Brazil to see who can most kill uh, their own citizens, their own residents, uh, through negligence and maliciousness. The Postal Service is being dismantled. It's just a fucking shit show, and it's all converging into one. It's, it's basically, you have a cold front and a hot front, and we're about to see fucking the most... Speaking of hurricanes, like half of Iowa uh, is is still without power. It, yeah. it's it's fucked, man. I that's it's everything is converging at once. And I I normally you know we're pretty good at at it's it's usually easy to sort of or not easy, but you can kind of predict in some ways how things are going to go down. You know, in the next few months, few years, you know, the general trends. I really have no fucking idea what's happening. Yeah, I think probably to, to piggyback on some of that, probably the most prominent story in the United States is Congress adjourning without oh my extending God. coronavirus aid, which I think, like, Leroy, correct me if I'm wrong, that was the inspiration of your your realization or maybe remembering of how bleak the United States is. It's incredible. It's incredible. And just real quick, let me butt in there. You guys know me. If you listen to this, I talk a lot of shit about Australia and how fundamentally shit it is here. It's still a racist sort of colony with all its issues. It doesn't fucking compare, man. Like, one thing that I hate about the situation is that the U.S. is so bad, it makes me defend Australia. It makes me paint <laughs> Australia. Oh, Australia's this great place. Guys, you should move down here, even though it's fucking shit here. It's, it's just, I, I can't explain. Like, from time to time, I forget, and then I'll see things like, oh, the Senate is going to adjourn with people can't pay the fucking rent people are going hungry like people are going to be fucking evicted like what the fuck do the people at the top think is going to happen when no one when everyone gets evicted when no one has jobs like i hate I, like I, I i hate to like use the the, the phrase or whatever but capitalism is going to collapse on itself you know what i mean and again remember all of these social disorders and crises are happening just after thousands tens of thousands dare i say hundreds of thousands of americans just learned in the last few months 
that you can take on the police and win. Yeah. Okay. That's something that cannot be underemphasized. It's, you know, it's what, what do we talk about certain countries in Latin America? They tasted freedom. Well, in the United States, people in the streets have tasted the elixir of beating the cops, right? So you have people who have the confidence to go into the streets toe to toe with people fully armored up with fucking weapons, right? They have that confidence now. Meanwhile, as these crises are about to build, the elite in the United States, the ruling class in the United States is very confident. They have dealt with a very complacent population, more or less, for a long time now. But they don't – they cannot imagine – they don't know what could be on its way. And that's why I say I really have no fucking idea what's going to happen. I I couldn't – you couldn't tell – I couldn't predict next week now. It's kind of ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh, just seconding all of that. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Shit's. Uh, shit's. Uh, shit's. <laughs> That's my close. That's what it comes thoughts. down to, right? I don't know. What about you, brother? What about um, you? How's it? How's it going? Nah, same shit. It's just been really cold here. Um, because we're in the middle of winter. Um, numbers are still exploding in, in Victoria. We're still locked down. Um, and again, like. I feel silly like complaining about how shit it is here when that shit's happening over there. Um, one big thing, like the majority of the cases that we're seeing, we're seeing an utter collapse here of the aged care sector. So the aged care, all the nursing homes, all that sector is completely privatized. And like because it's privatized, they offer profit. So they have been skimming on labor, on like qualifications for the nurses and stuff. And now what you're seeing is an explosion, like old people, like I'm sorry to put it this way, but old people just dropping dead, essentially, in the aged care sector. We'll have 20 deaths in Victoria in a day. 18 of those 20 are citizens or residents of those of those places. So we'll see what happens going forward. But um, I think with that said, we'll probably leave it there um, until next time. Um, if you haven't checked out our entire series on the Bolivarian Constitution of Venezuela, we're starting to work on the Bolivian Constitution, which um, I know we're all pretty excited about that. If you haven't already, follow us on Twitter at Machete Mate. Um, we all take turns posting and you'll 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 see our personalities come through a little bit. It's always fun to post and see what um each of us is thinking. Um but unless either of you have anything else to say, we'll we'll leave it there. Yeah, I mean and just next week we'll of course give updates on Puerto Rico and Bolivia and the exactly. like you touched upon Juan Orlando Hernandez Honduras we're fucking coming for you next week. Exactly. All right, cool. So with that said, hasta la victoria. Cheers. Peace. Later y'all